Welcome to More Than a Few Words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, where we help small businesses become big businesses. As always, you can join the conversation by calling in with your questions at 805-285-9865. Or you can share your thoughts on Twitter. Be sure to use the hashtag MTFW. Now, let's get the conversation started. Good morning, everybody. We are going to talk about print today. This is Lorraine Ball, and joining me this morning is Allison Carter. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. And our very talented and somewhat elusive graphic designer. Good morning, Jenna. Hi. And I dragged Jenna away from her computer today because we're going to talk a little bit about print. And some of this conversation actually builds on some conversations I've been having with some friends of mine who are magazine editors. And they were talking about kind of the challenges of still reaching an audience and finding new ways to reach those audiences. And if you're curious, you can actually drop onto our blog at roundpeg.biz and look for a post called Print in the Digital Era Bonus Edition. And we uploaded that yesterday. It is my conversation with Kyle Garaggio, who is the Editor-in-Chief of the Air Conditioning Refrigeration News. And he was talking about choices, about some of the decisions that they have to make about what kind of content they share online versus what kind of content they put in print. And I think we have a lot of those same conversations with our clients. Um, Jenna, you've been working on some print projects lately. What kind of things are people still producing print pieces for? Um, I think that definitely things like business cards and brochures and some direct mail pieces, um, people still expect those things. Those are things that haven't necessarily moved entirely to digital, so we still do quite a bit of those types of things. Do you, uh, do you find, though, few, I mean, Everybody still does business cards. Um, although Nick Carter with his Zebra card would love us to go completely to QR codes, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of digital versions of business cards, but people still need the, the physical thing in their hand at this point. Um, trends in business cards. Do you see things design, people designing them differently? What do you see in to make them more interesting? Um, I would say kind of design with business cards follows design anywhere else in the fact that, you know, just keeping things fairly simple, um, just because it's a, you know, a traditional type of marketing that's been around for a long time doesn't mean that it has to look old-fashioned. Um, you know, you, you still want to get people's attention with it, so just kind of uh, just staying on brand, but keeping things, keeping it simple and just giving like a kind of a bold message is still what I'm seeing for the most part. But interestingly, even in a time when we're seeing design go simpler than ever, there are more and more bits of information that we have to include on business cards. Because it's not, it's not just a phone number and address and a fax machine anymore. Now you got to have your Twitter and your LinkedIn and your email and your alternate email. And, um, I think that, well, at the same time, I mean, we're adding things, but we're also dropping things. Like last year with our newest business cards, I mean, we dropped our fax. We didn't need it on the business card. Um, because we had because we had two people a year that were sending us a fax. No, no one's faxing us, and if they really, wanted, they really want to fax us, you know, they can find that information on our website. Um, you know, that information is available, but I, I don't think you need to put everything on the business card. I mean, we do have our Twitter on there because that's one of the 
the most important ways that we connect with people was Roundpeg. So I think it's just a matter of deciding like your specific brand, um, how you connect with people and what's most important. You know, that was, a, that was a really interesting conversation when we made that change in the business card because one of the things that came off everybody's cards were our cell phone numbers. And um, it, it, was, it was a lively conversation because that had been, you know, when I started 10 years ago, um, it was a big deal. You know, I had my cell phone number, and then when I got an office line, I wanted people to know that, that I was big enough to have an office phone and a cell phone. Um, but these days, I, that was something I was willing to give up to create some space for things that I think people really needed. We also just tend not to conduct a lot of business from our cell phones. They're also, in, in our case, we all have personal cell phones. We don't have company cell phones, and I think there was some concern from us. You know, I've got a limited plan. You know, so I think that there were some logistical concerns there as well as design concerns. And I think that um, it was an interesting conversation about drawing the lines and using kind of a print medium to, to set boundaries with our clients. Um, when it was just me, it was okay if my clients were calling me at all hours of the day and night on my cell phone. These days, although there's still a few that will reach out to me that way, the majority of them call me during business hours. If our clients need us, if there's an emergency of some kind, we're always available. I'm always checking my emails. And if a genuine emergency comes up, we become aware of it. But one of our favorite sayings in this office is, no one has ever died because of a marketing emergency. <laughs> and, and we yeah. have to be reminded of it a lot, but it feels like it But it's a little bit of perspective. Absolutely. And so I think um, using kind of print to sort of set some boundaries, I think that was an important uh, kind of draw, drawing the line in the sand. Um, I think one of the places where um, there's some interesting conversations about what you put in print versus sort of what you um, save for online uh, revolves around a lot of the stuff that clients take to trade shows. We just finished working on a project there. What kind of things did we tell our clients to take to trade shows versus maybe leave home or just refer to on their website? Uh, I mean, I think in that case, especially if we were working with um, a computing company, so it's definitely people who are, you know, they're pretty tech savvy and things like that. Our end goal with most of them was still to get them to the website. So we kept a lot of the more detailed information there. So a lot of the, you know, the pop-up banners, the, the background displays, the flyers and brochures and things. Um, you know, we want to give you basic information and we want to get you interested, but we at the same time don't want to bombard you. So. You know, I mean, it's good to have something to take the trade shows and stuff because, you know, you want them to take away something. You don't want to, you know, tell them to visit your website. You know, they might forget. So I think just kind of having more of a simplified version of the website so that if they want to go and get more information, they can do so there. I think also one of the things I've, I learned going to trade shows is when you come home from a trade show, you've got this envelope of stuff or this great big bag of stuff. And I think part of the mistake companies make is they give you everything you need to know about them and they expect you to carry it home and then read it. And the truth is that envelope, I mean, I have visions of my desk at Carrier and that envelope would be on the corner of my desk 
and then it would be buried under a stack of stuff, and eventually I would just push it off the edge of my desk into the, the trash can. And I would never go back to or refer back to any of that information. And so we always kind of like um, companies to think about what are they going to send after the trade show and, and the follow-up, and that's where I think there's an opportunity either for links or, or video. I think that's true with trade show things. I mean, it's kind of like direct mail pieces. We always say you've only got a few seconds to get their attention um, and to make them remember you. So, you know, if if that package of stuff you gave Lorraine didn't catch her eye and didn't make her remember it, you know, once you're shoved into the trash, she's not going to go to your website. So I think that that's important to just not – and if you're overwhelmed with information, you're not going to remember that and – it's not going to be memorable enough that you're going to want to find the rest of the information. Um, we also did, and I think that's the kind of following up on, on that idea of sort of direct mail and follow-up pieces. Um, trends in direct mail, what kind of things are we doing? What kind of things are we seeing from other people? Um, we've done a couple uh, pieces of direct mail this year. Um, I mean, I think first think about it and make sure it makes sense for your company because I, I think it's, I mean, am I right, it's a little harder to track whether that's beneficial or not. But um, design-wise in the pieces, I mean, we've just tried to make them probably a little bigger so they're not lost when you're flipping through your mail. Um, a tiny postcard is more likely to get lost than a, an oversized postcard. Um, just kind of one big image or one big graphic or something on the front with um, a catchy headline or a title, something that's going to get their attention as they're quickly flipping through. I know that in the past there have been just really busy-looking direct mail. You know, they're starburst and different taglines all over the front and just, you know, a million different fonts and things. And if, I, don't, I mean, most people I think are like this too. I just throw those things away. You know, there's too much. I can't, I can't take it all in. So it it just goes to the trash. So I think just like I said, keeping it simple and just sticking to probably one key point. Now I'm about to 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 make Alan Allison cringe, Joe. Yeah, okay. The mouse is not working. I haven't had coffee. Shush. I'm gonna make Allison cringe a little bit. But we actually did on a, a recent direct mail piece. We added a QR code. audience. 
their readership, number one, is still very print heavy, where lots of other publications are really struggling. Um, the vast majority of their consumers are still going to the printed publication. Um, but they are also, um, they're not a heavy computer community, but they are a heavy cell phone community. And so a lot of, so, so they actually are getting, uh, they were surprised at the amount of click through they were getting to videos, to supplemental information, to things that had long and unusual HR, you know, URL. They are going to comparison test that next year with um, custom bitly links. My argument with QR codes, even more than the fact that marketers are using them poorly, and there's little debate that marketers are using them very poorly, the bigger issue is this is the marketing world trying to drag the consumer world, kicking and screaming, into a technology that doesn't make sense. I think that the consumers are going to fall right over this QR code awkward phase and right into a tag-based system where you tap your phone on something and that will pop up a screen. Because as it is, QR code, you have to have the app. You have to open the app. You have to scan the code. That's assuming that the marketer has done their job and told you what you're actually going to see when you scan the code. There's too many moving parts. So I really think that while the idea of what it represents, of easily popping up more information without needing to use a cumbersome URL, that's great. But I find that, and I, I think the data on QR code usage backs this up, it's too cumbersome to make sense right now. So I really think we're just going to make this a bad little footnote in marketing history and move on to a more tag-based technology. Sort of. So the, the QR code is kind of the eight-track, eight-track with Betamax, <laughs> that, that, that intermediary technology that gets us to where we're really going. And I, think that's, um, I, I think that's probably a, a really good assessment of where that is in terms of you need to be able to tie your print and your digital together um, because you can't, I mean, um, besides the fact that it would make your graphic designer cry. Yeah, you, I mean, you can't have just one or the other. I, I think that in order to be successful, you've got to have, you've got to figure out what works for you and have some good combination of both. I mean, we use QR codes for things too. Um, I mean, not us specifically, but things that we do for our clients. And, you know, we try to use them in only ways that make sense. Um, and, you know, we try to give other options too. So if you're not using that technology, you know, here's, Here's a, a short URL you can go to, or just making it a little bit easier because, I mean, like Allison said, everyone's not using that and most people aren't using it correctly. So, so um, to help to help people um, maybe work with, and whether it's working with us or, or just thinking in general about print plans for next year, what kind of things should be on their checklist? What kind of things should they take into a meeting with a graphic designer or a marketing firm as they're planning out some of their strategies? Um, I mean, things to take into a, a graphic designer meeting for print, I would say, is pretty similar to what you would take to any meeting. I mean, just who you want to reach, what you are trying to say, overall, you know, uh, feelings you want to get about your brand, um, have your you know, your logo and all your branding materials, things, um, your domain name. I, I mean, you want to still get them to the website. So you still want to have, you know, whether it's your QR code, whether it's a link to your website, any pictures you have, just just basically the things that you would have for an overall strategy anyway. I think um, if those of you who missed it, Jenna did a um, 
a really good blog post where um, she sort of came up with, I think, a, a nice checklist of things. If you're going to do print and if you want your print projects to be successful, you want to talk through some of those things that you think really derail good print projects? Um, I say with the new projects, I mean, communication is probably one of the most important things. You know, let let us know right off the bat, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, um, what you see here, things you like, things you don't like, um, just having all, if this is a, you know, a supplemental project to something we've already done, you know, having all your materials there for us to see, you know, if there's a specific style you want to go with, showing us that right off the bat. But then at the same time, I mean, print print has changed quite a bit, um, the, the styles that people use and things like that. So I know it, for some of our clients it will feel strange at first kind of letting me take over and based on current design trends or things that we've seen work in the past, I mean, just kind of giving me somewhat of control over what it's going to look like. I mean, the end goal is obviously to make you happy, but at the same time, it's my job to kind of study what we've seen with print and the way things are going and so kind of just letting me design for you. I think um, as part of that process, and I, I think you, you said something about you know letting people speak up. Um, when it comes to web design, it's a lot easier if somebody gets three quarters of the way through the project and then they're like, oh, can we move this here or here? It may make Peter cringe a little bit, but it's relatively easy. easy. Yeah. Um, when you print, it's printed and it's done, so unless you're wanting to, you know, spend the money again, then, you know, make sure you proof everything for sure. That's very, very important with print because, you know, that can be really costly if you're not catching mistakes or you haven't fully, you know, committed to a design or things like that. And I think that is, in a way, I think the Internet is sort of, um, as we've done more of our marketing online, we've developed bad habits. Oh, just put, I mean, in terms of, oh, just put it up there, I can always fix it later. And when you take people who are used to mostly doing online marketing back into the era of print, we find it's really um, challenging to, yeah, yeah. Uh, to get them to, to sort of, yeah, you really have to, you know, commit to an idea. That's why it's important to, you know, talk about everything in advance, know exactly what you're trying to accomplish and because, you know, you you need to know so that way you're successful and you're not wasting time and money because there's, I mean, there's no just going in and changing out a picture or something. So, yeah, it definitely takes more, more thorough thinking in a kind of a process in the beginning. I think the other thing that companies don't always realize is the level, the, how good a photograph you have to have in print. Um, the internet allows, you know, you can do a 72 DPI, you know, 150 pixel wide, which is really a very tiny little photo and it will look crisp and it will look sharp and beautiful on your website. And it will be, yeah, yeah we're, we're not trying to, um, you know, all your photos that you sent us when they're they're not bad photos, but if this is a, a photo that you scanned in and then faxed us and you know things like that, that's not going to we can't recreate that, we can't replicate that on a, a print material. So we've definitely got to start with good quality images and 
thing like that because, yeah, like she said, I mean, the quality of an image has to be, you know, almost three times the size that it would be for uh, the web. And although um, there are, you know, um, you can take amazing photos with your iPhone, um, and some of them will be okay, um, a lot of them, the resolution just isn't there. And um, I would think that that's probably the one place uh, of all the things that I think companies should probably invest in is, is get some good photography because it you can use it in so many different places. Yeah, and it really helps to move a project along if, you know, we go to do a brochure for you and you're like, oh, we have this, you know, this photo or this folder of photos that we took from this event we did and we'd really like to show that or something rather than, oh, you know, we want to do this brochure. We're going to have to get some photos for you. That kind of puts a, a kind of a damper in things and takes causes us to take longer to move that project along. Okay, so other tips or suggestions on things people should be considering going into 2013. Trends in print, trends uh, things they should be kind of putting into their planning. I think just understanding when is best for your company personally to be using one or the other and just finding a good a good combination of both. I mean, it's still there are still reasons to use print. I mean, just not so much with direct mail, but with business cards and brochures and things like that. You're giving it to them personally, so there still is that kind of one-on-one, -on -one, face to face interaction, which a lot of people really value. So I think just understanding when is the appropriate time for each one. One of the things um, I really like to do is sit down and really sort of map out the year and look at, you know, when it when is a company going to be going to um, events. Um, whether it's, you know, sponsoring a Little League game or, um, you know, attending a trade show and really thinking about what they need before, during, and after. And I think having those conversations about, well, can we send them an email before the conference and then can we, you know, have some print material at the event and afterwards and do we need a banner? And then also taking the time so that everything looks and I think time is a really important factor. Uh, it's, you know, we're so spoiled with the Internet. We write something and, you know, we get it approved and we get it approved and it's live and it's out to everybody. But with print, we were recently helping a company with their trade show and we started two months before the trade show and that's a really tight deadline when you take into account all the different pieces that we were doing, when you consider that there were two holidays in that time period, both Thanksgiving and then we've got the upcoming Christmas and New Year's holiday, and so there's a whole week lost between, you know, even if we're in the office, printers aren't. So, you know, you've really got to think about what you're getting, you know, online printers are a great choice too, but they often take an incredibly long time to return things that they can be unreliable. So you need to allow massive amounts of time to get things done. I like to work backwards when you're setting a print schedule is so if you want the piece in your hand on January 1, um, if you're going to an event on January 1, I would always say that you want to make sure you have it in your hand the week before. So that's, you know, let's say the 25th of December. Well, then 
typically I tell people, depending on what they're producing, two to three weeks for print and delivery. So now you are December 1, you have to have the absolute final version. And in our experience, again, like you said, you know, you write it, you push it to the web, but when it's print, again, because of the things Jenna's talking about, that, that check and double check kind of stuff. Yeah, because of how permanent it is, and a lot of times, especially with trade show pieces, how big they are, you know, and they can be expensive, you don't want to mess those up. So you would ideally like to have more time in the design process to get everything sorted out there. So, you know, leaving yourself plenty of time before those things, thinking about those things in the very beginning of the year is beyond helpful. Yeah, if you come to somebody two weeks before your trade show and say, I need all these printed materials, you're probably going to yeah. up no, crappy or no amount no of money or, you know, is going to help that. That is it's just almost impossible. Unless you want to be at Kinko's the night before and <laughs> wind up with something that looks like it was made at Kinko's the night before. <laughs> and you know what? Um, I have to admit that there have been times that I've had to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and uh, you pay a premium for that though. Mm -hmm. um, in the world of print, um, accelerated schedules do cost. And so it's not just a matter of um, it's not just a matter of whether or not you can get it. You can almost always get something, but your quality may not be there um, and the rush charges may make it absolutely um, uh, and it's very, very cost prohibitive to do something like that. Okay, so um, as we're wrapping up, other um, our brochures getting bigger, smaller. I mean, I don't, I don't see as much printed material in general. Kind of breaks my heart because I love good paper. Yeah, you don't see as many. I mean, people, you know. They they do some of those things. They trash those things. You know, I we do the same thing with our our bills and things. You know, we move all of that to the internet. So yeah, there definitely is a, a smaller amount. But I think that just means that the, the pieces you do put out there, you need to put extra thought in and just just be mindful of what the goal is and who's going to see it and what you plan to accomplish with it. Cool. I say move it all to the web. <laughs> Someday, someday we will Save do that. Save a tree, stop having stuff rattling around in my car that I'll eventually have to throw away. I can move it all to the <laughs> That will be the case. Did I just ruin the whole point of this podcast? No, you didn't. No. We're on our way there slowly, someday, probably that will be the case. You know what? Um, I, I I think it is all positions, all points of view represented. Um we actually are going to kind of continue this conversation um, next week when uh, Shawnee Quick Rathlick from Fine Promotions, say that three times fast, will be our guest and we're going to talk a little bit more about trade show strategies specifically. Um, not just talking print because we really covered that here today, but talking about um, what you take to a trade show, how you get ready, things you should be thinking about before, during, and after your trade show to really make those events um, a good value. It is hard to believe, but um, we are almost out of time, besides the fact that Allison wants to completely destroy our print business. It'll just move online. We do that, too. <laughs> Any other closing thoughts? Give your people the time to help you and trust them to help you. Make sure that you're getting someone who you like their work, you've looked at samples, and then trust them 
to do your job. There are always going to be tweaks. You always find ways to make it look more and more like you. But if you were a designer, you design it yourself. Trust their expertise just like you would trust the expertise of the guy who comes to your house to fix your furnace. You're not going to stand over his shoulder and second guess him. Give your graphic designer the same respect. Yeah, I mean, our, our end goal is to help you. So, I mean, we we understand how things, so just let us do our job because we are there to help you. Awesome. Okay, folks, this has been a, another episode of More Than a Few Words. If you have enjoyed the conversation, if you want to learn more about marketing, networking, print trends, trends be sure to check out our blog at roundhead.biz. We look forward to seeing you next week. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words.